You're listening to the On The Go with VAO News podcast for the week ending August 19th, 2016. Hello and welcome to the podcast, our weekly recap of the top headlines from the Daily Acquisition News. Thank you for tuning in today. I'm Dara Curran, content developer and news writer. And I'm Allison Cartwright, fellow news writer. The Office of Management and Budget and Office of Personnel Management on Monday provided additional guidance on fiscal year 2017 performance awards for members of the Senior Executive Service, Senior Level and Senior Professional and Scientific Employees, as called for by President Barack Obama's December 15, 2015 Executive Order. The guidance limits agencies' aggregate spending of awards to 7.5% and recommends they provide substantial monetary awards to the best performers and allow more variance of award amounts among rating levels. The idea here is not just to give ribbons out to everyone, but really provide proportionally greater rewards and recognition to those who bring a new level of accomplishment to the agency's operations. Agencies are asked to begin discussing how they expect to apply the new limit and plan to allocate awards in a way that recognizes those top performers, particularly recognizing senior leaders who take on the most challenging assignments, employ innovative and collaborative approaches, and have the greatest impact on agency priorities and mission imperatives in a given performance period. The General Services Administration per diem rates for federal travel within the continental U.S. have been released for fiscal year 2017. Up to $142 will be reimbursed per day, which includes $91 for lodging, up $2 from fiscal year 2016, and $51 for meals and incidentals. Like the previous fiscal year, there are 350 non-standard areas that receive higher reimbursement rates, but GSA plans to form an interagency working group to determine if the current method for deciding these areas is best. GSA has launched two federal risk and authorization management program features to improve the way cloud service information is provided. The new FedRAMP Marketplace dashboard is now more user-friendly, allowing for easier searching and data access. And the new Focus on FedRAMP blog will provide updates twice weekly on FedRAMP projects, updated templates, and how-to articles. GSA has received a challenge to its $65 billion Alliant to government-wide information technology services request for proposals. A Virginia-based vendor has claimed GSA's RFP does not comply with federal law requiring inclusion of a cost realism review. GSA has issued 11 amendments on the RFP to date and plans to release another revision in the near future. The Government Accountability Office has until November 18th to decide on the protest. The agency this week also pushed back the due date for proposals to September 13th for the unrestricted portion and September 12th for the Alliant 2's small business portion to give bidders more time to receive their proposal templates with the contracting officer's signature from their customer agencies. A recently proposed rule that would ask agencies to complete a justification report when not buying goods and services through the Federal Strategic Sourcing Initiative has some small businesses a bit worried. That additional effort of completing the justification may be enough to prevent many contracting officers from looking outside the FSSI, they fear, and a lot of small firms cannot participate in that program as they are unable to provide services outside their local areas. A former member of the Commission on Wartime Contracting in Iraq and Afghanistan warned that the proposed regulations could reduce small business contracting by up to 80 or even 90 percent in certain lines of business. Small business advocacy groups have said they may seek to resolve the issue in court. 
the Army has met a huge milestone by reaching $1 billion spent on energy savings performance contracts thanks to the recent $20 million energy service contract award by U.S. Army Material Command's Aniston Army Depot. This ESPC award is the Army's 127th, all in effort to meet President Barack Obama's $4 billion ESPC challenge. The Office of Defense Procurement and Acquisition Policy on Thursday announced the availability of Procurement Data Standard Version 2.5.1. The update removes the section for transmittal of DD Form 254, aligns available measures for the line item quantities and attachment names with the DFARS PGI, requires a one-to-one -one relationship between exhibits and parent line items, and conforms to updates from the Purchase Request Data Standard Version 2.0. The Department of Defense also released an updated instruction establishing policy and assigning responsibilities for procedures associated with the Defense Enrollment Eligibility Reporting System, or DEERS. The instruction is applicable to all DOD organizations and is effective immediately. The Department of Veterans Affairs is moving quickly to update its acquisition policy to address the Supreme Court's ruling last month that VA must use the rule of two for all supply schedule contract procurements. VA has established a new process to ensure contracting officers comply with the rule of two and will include strategies to provide more set-asides for service-disabled veteran-owned small businesses and veteran-owned small businesses. The National Aeronautics and Space Administration published a proposed rule that removes the Engineering Change Proposal's basic clause with its alternate 1 and 2 and related information collection from the NASA Federal Acquisition Regulation Supplement. Comments on the proposed rule should be submitted by October 17th to be considered in the formation of the final rule. The Department of Energy released Acquisition Letter 2016-08 on contractor-defined benefit pension plans participation. The AL provides guidance to procurement directors and contracting officers for contracts where DOE requires the contractor to become a sponsor of a defined benefit pension plan. Future solicitations and new contracts will now require that the new contractors sponsor and maintain those existing defined benefit pension plans or comparable successor plans if necessary for incumbent contractor employees. Also, incumbent contractor employees will be able to remain in their pension plans. That's all for this week. If you're a government agency subscriber to the Virtual Acquisition Office website, you can read more about any of the headlines we covered on the same VAO page where you downloaded this podcast. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you'll tune in next Friday, August 26th, to catch up on all the latest developments from the Daily Acquisition News. Goodbye.